Boy, I had me a fun afternoon of having to explain to Simon Gotch everything that our show stands for, and him just responding constantly with like, well, that's the way you gotta do it sometimes, man. Just have f- have fun with it. Oh, so he really wanted out of that conversation, <laughs> huh? I believe the the last thing I sent to him was we were discussing the character of... Um, it was one of the characters from Gravity Falls, and and I just go, oh, we've got a character like that. His name's Greg. He works in IT. He's a nice guy. I wish this was a lie. And then he didn't respond after that. Good, good. I'm glad he has some self-respect and knows how to walk away from a toxic situation. <laughs> He's like, you're the Enzo Amore of podcasts. <laughs> birthday to me happy birthday to blake happy birthday it's blake's birthday nobody gives a shit about me so welcome to fight boys the show about (laughs) professional and not so professional wrestling i'm your host the bad boy of podcasting scotty moore i am the white claw conspiracy theorist the dylan (laughs) and he me Blakey Tang, the Tang Man, who's full of nothing but Tang, because I found a two-pound box of Tang. Thank you, because... Please tell me, please tell me the other part of that Tang you're drinking is moonshine. (laughs) No, this is now cross-promotional, because on on BS, Blake was also drinking Tang. At this point, it seems like we're sponsored, but no, this isn't the 90s. Look, I I want to get This isn't the this isn't the delicious taste of golden crisp. <laughs> sugar crisp. Can't get enough of that sugar crisp, sugar crisp. <laughs> so, this is a show about pro wrestling. No, it's not. I guess and, and the fact that the fact that it is Blake's birthday. Happy birthday. For your birthday, um I wrote you nothing for JWF. So, I hope you're ready for that. Your character is worthless now. I just want a title. I just, <laughs> I just. You can listen, Blake. You can have the title of saddest boy on this podcast. I'm sorry. I talked to Simon Grimm, and he was like, "I like most of what you're pitching me, but that Blake guy's got to go. We got to get him out of there." You know what the worst thing is? I spent most of my birthday money on a bachelor party for my best friend who asked me to be his best man that's not Scotty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my other best friend. I mean, I kind of figured it wasn't Scotty when you said bachelor party and Scotty's already married and has a baby. Yeah. He has not had his official official bachelor party yet. I, I consider Vegas my bachelor party. That is pretty true, yeah. If you ever have an official bachelor party, Scotty, I expect people will go missing. <laughs> They'll be just like, be "Yeah, like, we were sh- just we were drinking, we were drinking white claws," and then at one point, Scotty just stands up on a table. And says, There's no laws when we're drinking claws, <laughs> and then three people ended up in the hospital. You show up to the vow renewal. I'm sorry, Scotty died of hedonism last night. He can't make it. We tried to stop him, but he w- just wouldn't stop fucking. <laughs> just, I, so we told him that fucking the empty white cloth cans was dangerous, but he just went with it. 
And he was fine with it. He's like, it's okay. It's the pomegranate one. No one cares. It is hard for me to think that the pomegranate like debacle was only a week and a couple days ago now. <laughs> Burned into your soul forever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, professional wrestling happened this week. Some of it was actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I've heard it was good. I would like to say that since I moved into my new place, I don't have a cable subscription, so I can't even watch Raw or SmackDown anymore. Get that YouTube TV, baby. That's all it takes. And then you can watch Ah. it wherever you want. For instance, me behind the register at work. (laughs) I work until normal hours now, thank you very much. I'm home by the time Raw starts. So who are Marco and Gunner? Marco Marco Stunt, of course. Just signed to AEW. No, Marco, our friend we met at the fucking GCW show who was hanging out with us. We met his family. It It was the thing where you didn't include last name, so I was just like, that's what I thought. But, like, it didn't make sense for a second. Well, it's not the gunner you think, either. It's some shitty indie guy named, like, Gunner... Robinson, I don't know his fucking name, who literally went on a Facebook tirade about how furious furious he was that Marco Stunt got signed to AEW and he didn't because he was like, I grew up and I seen the I seen the Hulk Hogan's and the Rocks and the Stone Cold Steve Austin's and they're all big boys. How dare you sign this little boy? <laughs> I can't believe this little man who would get beat by anybody. Do you know how angry some of the people on the wrestling subreddit like were when Marco got signed? I'm like, what? dude. This is wrestling. This is the most unrealistic thing ever. Not to mention, Marco's fucking amazing. He's great. What do they have against Spike Dudley 2.0? Right? Yeah. I love, I would love Someone to see that. Someone is gonna, you know what I know what his job is? His job is to be the underdog and get yeet from one end of that <laughs> ring to the other. Yeah. And into the crowd. And into somebody else. And to like, I actually... Here, let me tell you my new dream tag team. It's Marco Stunt and Michael Naka Naka Nakazawa. Yeah. There is nothing there is now nothing I want more in this world than for them to upset victory win the tag titles. You have no idea. There's no, there's nothing that would make me happier. Yeah. Also, in reply to the gunner thing, I've never seen a more vicious outpouring of love and also vitriol than the entire wrestling community at once being like fuck you gunner marco's amazing that's all my twitter account was for a solid hour there that day i would like to like something that i really really hope that AEW keeps doing is like a clear divide between cards because like marco stunt he can show up in, like, the upper card stuff, and he'll get yeeted the fuck around. Yeah. He can be a lower card dude, and the fact that they have dimensions between all of them is something that I really enjoy. Yeah. Like, you either have to work your way up from the low to the high, or if you're at the high, you can get kicked the fuck down to the low. Right. Yeah, I, I like that. I really enjoy that 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 concept that they're working with there. Because, like, yes, Marco's amazing. But also, when I saw him face Nick Gage for the fucking GCW title, there right. was a few moments of being like, "Any, I know we're all wanting it to happen, but is it? This is a real it's Santino not, right? versus Daniel Bryan at <laughs> Elimination Chamber deal right now, right? I mean, 
when he screamed, I'm going to win this fucking belt, no one, like, we didn't believe him, but we wanted to. <laughs> yeah. We were like, I was like, maybe, maybe you will. This leads into something that Cody said um, earlier that I really, really liked. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to find it, but he said that that they wanted to appeal to their most hardcore fans, like the fans that jumped with them since the beginning. Right. Because, like, I really appreciated that, because in a business like this, you appeal to your base first, because 80% of your revenue is coming from 20% of your people. And that 20% are, like... Two out of the three of us, depending on if Dylan has come back from his horrible experience at Fighter Fest. Yeah. I think all no, out fight for the fallen. Oh yeah, yeah. Fighter Fest was fucking great. Don't forget that we hung out with Mega Ran and ate fucking seafood. Yeah, that was when both of y'all were together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and stared at ass in a wing house. Yeah. Maybe maybe our enjoyment of AEW shows is like proportional to how many fight boys are there. Yeah. I, I no, like it's proportional to whether or not Mega Ran's around. Because <laughs> oh, <laughs> I spent a lot of time with Mega Rand at Fighter Fest, and that was my favorite fucking pay-per-view of the entire year. Yeah, well, not only that, let's not forget the theme song to Fighter Fest was A, our current theme song, and B, also by Mega Ran, which means, like, we got constant shots of Mega Ran throughout that whole show to make us feel better. Yeah. Which, okay... He blatantly said in the Patreon post to not share this or say anything about this, so I will not tell anybody what Mega Ran has posted on Patreon. But I will say you need to donate to his Patreon because it's the best thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. I didn't think a sweet, sweet boy like Mega could write a diss track, but he does, and it's great. And it's fucking fantastic. So you need to check out Mega Ran's Patreon. But yeah, unless he's unless he's dissing you personally, I don't care. (laughs) Fuck Scotty Mo. Fuck fuck Scotty Mo. But yeah, speaking of that, uh, the the possibility that Marco was gonna beat Nick Gage, that small sliver of this might happen. It might happen. That happened to me all. All, I think it was Tuesday, no, Wednesday morning when I was watching the G1 because my daughter woke me up early enough to where I could watch it. And I was going, you know, Lance Archer might beat Okada. I don't know, man. He might do it. (laughs) First of all, please tell me that you were awake and trying to nurse your daughter back to sleep as you're like, ah, fuck it. I'll watch the G1. Oh, yeah. Straight up. Because I was sitting there like, I want to see what the results were because I saw there was one match that... I think it was Coda versus... I can't remember who Coda faced it in that one, but Coda ended up winning. So I was like, oh, let me see the whole card. Oh, wait a minute. The card's still happening. Fuck it. I guess I'm watching the G1 now. Rocking my baby back and forth. Bottle of milk in her mouth as I'm just like, fuck, Lance Arch is going to do it. And then he was promptly rainmakered to hell and Okada won. It's almost like Okada's the best wrestler in the world. <laughs> Yeah, shockingly enough, it's like he's kind of amazing. I mean, don't get me wrong. Moxley's been putting on, like, a, a fucking stellar performance the whole... The whole... Like, so, it, it's really shaken down. Like, Jeff Cobb's had a shitty run because they've just kind of been jobbing him out. And, like, 
you know, Will Ospreay and Shingo yeah. had good matches but didn't go. So, like, it's it's shaping up where it's like, okay, so Jeff Cobb and the two junior people are the jobbers of this tournament. Yeah. Literally half of A Block has already been eliminated mathematically at this point. Like, well, that's what happens when, when, when fucking Okada wins six out of his nine matches. <laughs> yeah. When you just kind of, like, say, all right, I'm just going to give Okada the pass. Like, at this point... It it would be better to bet on Okada for all of his matches. Period. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, for the last for the rest of his matches, it's better to to vote against him because there's no way he's making it to the final. Oh yeah. Well, speaking of, in this, I was gonna put this as my baby face of the week, but I do have a different baby face of the week to talk about, and it's fucking Yano for finally beating John Moxley and keeping. Did my- you doubt that when they announced the blocks and you saw that match? Did you not? That was the that was the most confident pick I had of the entire pickums. <laughs> Keeping my Naito in the finals dream alive. That's all I needed. Yep. All Moxley needs to do is lose all of his other matches. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is kind of, this is how it started for uh, Omega last year. Is I think he lost to Yano, and then he just like lost his other two matches after it. Yeah. Is, yeah, it, yeah. is it just the Yano problem? Yeah, Yano, Yano ruins, like, if you're going, like, oh, yeah, like, like the G1's going so great for my person, and they face Yano, like, you you sweat that match out, because fuck, you'd go either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now I'm on to uh, I mean, WWE, so we can no, actually get some decent no. SEO in. <laughs> sorry. We only Both got a- shows lost over 400,000 viewers from a year ago. Like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> They they got a women's tag match that's literally all the women's tag teams, and there's been no build or interaction. Wait, what? I didn't even hear about this. This is a thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's Bliss and Cross fucking the uh, Absolution or whatever Paige's old faction was, the Iconics, and the Kabuki Warriors. That got announced yesterday. That's how little build there is for this. By the way, you know who Dolph Ziggler's probably facing? Goldberg. Don't ask me how the fuck that's happening, but it is. Also, Roman Reigns is facing Daniel, Daniel Bryan, because apparently Daniel Bryan was responsible for shit falling on Roman Reigns hysterically in a botched cut <laughs> on national television, so because good. that's the company you want me to talk about. Oh, man, can we break that one down at least? Because I want to say, of all the things, if it was not reported, then if you were to tell me that Daniel Bryan was the one that just arc detected the attempted murder of Roman Reigns, I would have loved it. If they would have said that the same night, it would have been enough build for me, period. I like how none of us have a problem with the fact that Goldberg is just coming back. Man, listen, man wants to make up for his bad match. I'm I'm okay about it. Did you guys the only hear way, about the- The only way I'll be okay with him making up for his bad match is if D- Ziggler actually beats him. Because I swear to God, if he comes back and beats Ziggler after that dog shit showing against The Undertaker, like, it'd be impossible for me to give less of a shit about WWE, but my God, they'd really be going for it there. That's because the longest Goldberg match ever in existence should have been the one with him and Brock at WrestleMania. Um... <laughs> I don't. I was gonna make a point about Goldberg, but no. Yeah, he's gotta win, right? No, I need him to lose. I need him to go away. I need this to not be a raw reunion where we have the old people from twenty years ago go over for no reason. Okay, I don't need this. I need Goldberg to go away. I need. I need Shane McMahon to go away. 
forever. I need him to go away forever. I, I need Triple up. H to you go remember away. A couple years ago when he came back and it was the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, until he had his match with the Undertaker and then it stopped. Um, but did y'all hear about the story of Meltzer reporting that Goldberg was going to be Ziggler's opponent? It was buck wild. So, at some point in like the last couple weeks, Meltzer was um talking about who Dolph's opponent would be, and they basically settled on the Miz. But Alvarez threw a a, a bunch of guys out there. Later in that week, some bullshit um wrestling reporting site said it's gonna be Goldberg. Meltzer reported it. And on the next episode of The Observer, like, Meltzer was like, I didn't report this, but guess what, y'all? It's Goldberg. And it's like, Did WWE- that magazine see into the future? Like, are they just, is the rest of the world just a week behind? He said, WWE called me and they said, how did you find out it was Goldberg? We were keeping it secret. And- He's like, I, we just guessed. It wasn't even me. It was Alvarez. That's the best shit ever. <laughs> Can I just no. say my favorite thing about that was the, that entire conversation y'all just had was the fact that I was like, y'all ready to talk about WWE? And you just said, fuck off. Then my audio cut out and you guys decided to talk about WWE and shit I didn't know was happening. <laughs> like I was like, the whole time I'm sitting here, no audio being like, Goldberg? What the fuck? What did this happen? Yeah. Oh my god, you've been out of the loop for the last 24 hours. Yeah, baby, anyway, I've been t- anyway, going going back to not WWE, uh WCPW or Wed Culture Pro Wrestling, also known as Defiant Wrestling is sh- is shutting down uh largely due to the fact that they have no people that anyone Wait, gives a shit about. So is Re- them, yeah, them too cuz Russell Circus, Russell Circus just shut yeah, down. I was about to say yeah, that. They're shutting. Except, yeah, except like one of them was due to the fact that the UK indie scene is dead because that's what WWE wanted. And guess what? They succeeded. Everybody yeah. saying that it wouldn't happen were fucking stupid. <laughs> like I said 2 years ago. It's almost like I knew. Uh, yeah, but no, Wrestle Circus stopped because that guy didn't know how the fuck to use his money. Okay. It's almost like new entertainment let's, wrestling. Let, let, let's save it because that's that's gonna get into heels and faces right there. But whatever. Uh, ba- anyway, going- back to WWE. I, sometimes you win and sometimes you lose because I was sitting there thinking. Wow, they're doing really well with this whole fiend thing. The gimmick's working out perfectly. I'm enjoying the multiple sides. I enjoyed the rambling rabbit bit from this week where he's like, the fun house is, and then he runs away, and then Bray comes on like, hey, no, no, no we don't talk about that. And I was like, Bray. I would also like to say, like, the fact that rambling rabbit is, like, Bray's, like, cultist alter ego just really makes sense now because I realized, oh, rambling rabbit, like, he talks a lot of shit, and then he gets utterly destroyed. He gets eaten by a bird. He gets crushed by a mallet. He's run off by Bray, and it's like, that's exactly what happened to him when he was doing that gimmick. I also, no, I just like the fact that it's Rambling Rabbit, and Bray Wyatt's, like, whole Swamp Man gimmick was just, he talked all the time, and people were like, he's not even making sense anymore. Yeah, These yeah. are just words. But, uh, yeah, like I was saying, I was proud, because I'm like... That's one of the best things they've ever had, and they're not fucking it up. I'm really happy. Then they took 
probably my favorite thing they've done, and that's the club. And then decided to be like, no, they're the OC now. And AJ's not even good heel AJ. He's just a little shit, and I fucking hate it. Do you mean the fact that, like, AJ's the worst forced laugh I've ever heard that I saw that happened on Raw this week? Remember, 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 they're the only club that matters because after Bullet Club and the Elite finally are no longer really that popular, they're fulfilling their destiny of being two years behind. I was waiting for Tama the minute they were like the original club, Tama, to be like, hey, fuck y'all. Hey, actually, fuck y'all. Fuck all three of y'all. Fuck you, okay? And he wouldn't say fuck that much. Maybe that's what Tom is all about, man. Yeah. Hold on, I gotta light my candle. (laughs) But, uh, speaking of, let's talk about the most important thing that's happening in wrestling this week. Hobbs and Shaw coming to theaters soon. And my favorite fucking Roman Reigns news story... My favorite Roman Reigns story to ever happen, which is apparently his first or second day on set, they were doing a scene where, like, him and Rock are standing back to back and they have to throw clubs at people approaching. And the director looks at him and goes, hey, look, it's a close-up shot. Don't throw them. All you got to do, pretend to throw them and set them at your feet. Roman said, fuck all that shit, and just yeeted a fucking club straight at the fucking cameraman and spent the rest of the shoot just apologizing profusely to this poor man that he threw a fucking spear at. I like to think that he just let his um, inner Samoan side go and just let out a huge, ooh-ah! <laughs> yeah, boom and then he realized what he did. It was real sad because he understands the value of a human life. He's like, I could have killed him with that, I'll be honest. Two, two shot back and to the left. I, I, fought for, I fought for months not to have this happen to me, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, speaking of things WWE is fucked up. Oh, God, Charlotte. 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 I'm gonna let let y'all have that. I'll be right back. Fuck. Because I remember me on this show probably about six, seven months ago coming out and being like, you know what? I think Charlotte's underappreciated. I think she's one of the greatest performers of our era. And now I am just consistently every week wanting her more and more to be off my television screen. Oh, I don't even know what's happening with that. What's happening? I, I only pay attention to half the things that happen. So, last Charlotte was basically pulling... You remember when um, it was WrestleMania 28 and Miz was like, I main evented last year against John Cena and I won the championship or defending or like whatever. And so he was like, but I'm not on the show this year. Put me on the show. Put me on the show. Charlotte came out and was like, I'm not on SummerSlam this year. And that is a slap in the face to me. It's a slap in the face to the flair history. And then this week on SmackDown, King's Court came back, so we had to deal with Jerry, with special guest Trish fucking Stratus. Cut to Charlotte coming out and them making a match of Charlotte versus Trish Stratus at SummerSlam that, I'm gonna spoil my prediction for next week, Charlotte's probably gonna fucking win. Hey, guess what? That's WWE. <laughs> There's a reason we didn't want to talk about this company, Scotty, but no, Scotty <laughs> knows everything. Scotty's got to talk about this. Oh, Scotty knows best. Yeah. 
At least we uh, wanted to talk about the Japanese wrestling tournament that's fucking like consistently been the best thing ever for the last three weeks. But no, you want to talk about improperly booked women's divisions and the number of people that are being misused on a week-to-week basis. Thanks for bumming me the fuck out. You know what the only good thing that happened? You know the only good thing that happened? The 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 club are tag team champions for the first time since WrestleMania 33. And like... Or 35, since we saw him l- them lose it, we get it back now, finally. By the way, they're like, the only club that matters, except not for the last two years, where they were booked like the worst kind of jobbers on earth, yeah, getting yeah. beat in handicap matches. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, at, uh, at least Becky agrees with us on how terrible shit is, because Becky did an interview, and they were talking to her about the Seth fucking storyline, and she was like, yeah, I'm gonna be honest, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. I thought, I, what I wanted was just two of the best in the company, two true badasses coming together and fighting off against everybody. You got a combination of the best people. Instead, they, well, they kind of just wanted to make it about us being boyfriend and girlfriend. And, and this is where real Becky kicked in because she was like, and it's not like every week they were just saying, oh, it's Seth's girlfriend, it's Becky's boyfriend. They were masters of subtlety through the whole thing. <laughs> Yes, they were. (laughs) (laughs) Becky, Becky, Becky Lynch is so like tongue in cheek, just like backhand, like sarcastic compliment. It's it's honestly my one of my favorite things about her. It's why she's my favorite. Like I still I still like her while all this is going on. Like don't get me wrong, I hate that angle, and it's making me slowly appreciate Becky less. Yeah, but like I know it's not. Her. Yeah, I appreciate it's... that. Whereas when it's Seth, I don't know because he's been such a company dude that he's been willing to like bet listen fuck listen. himself up on Twitter. Listen, after he after he like like shit on Dean John Moxley, he's dead to me. Oh yeah, you yeah, yeah. I know, right? He's he's dead not even after the Osprey stuff. It was the it was the it was the John stuff. Where he was just like, you didn't try your best. And I was like, you can fuck so far off, you're on another continent. I mean, okay? I think, was that the week that we all decided that he was going to be our heel for different reasons? Yeah, where we lost the audio. So, yeah. like, the, the, the listeners ha- didn't hear that week where he, like, he was the heel because he continued the fucking, like, feud with uh, with Baron Corman. He was the heel because he, he got into a stupid Twitter feud, like, dick measuring contest with Will Ospreay. And he was the heel because he shit on Dean Ambrose for no reason and then made it sound like Dean quit when he let his contract expire. It was basically just a whiny little fuckboy, and I hope he gets hit in the face with something on national television. Hopefully a dildo from the crowd, because that'd be hysterical. <laughs> Based on the footage that I saw from Raw, he did get hit in the face with the hard end of a stretcher, so... Well, hold on, we gotta get to heels and faces before we talk about that, but before we talk about that, I'd like to talk to you about Blue Chew, and also patreon.com slash a load of BS, that's the website where you can go, and you can support the Fight Boys, you can support the load of BS, the entire BS network is supported when you donate over there, you get exclusive perks, you get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week, like that son of a bitch, Ghazi, who's currently... 
he's running opposite us. He's fucking counterbucking because right now is he he's, trying to th- is he trying to Thursday night war this motherfucker? I will I will bury his ass. I will bury his hot topic reject ass in the mountains of Tennessee. I have no problem with that. Yeah, he's yeah. From, wait, which Carolina is he from? He's from a Carolina. That's um, why I'm burying him in Tennessee. That way, his family will never find him. The only reason I'm fine with him counterbooking is he's put me and Blake in a match against their tag champs for the titles that I'm currently watching to see if we win. But also, in addition to those perks, you get access to our... Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm watching it right now. Blake's stomping on the guy. <laughs> he's getting him. And you get access <laughs> You get access to me and Blake's Hold show. On. You paid FMA, for this. FMA245 says that's Sean Ross Sapp's gimmick promoting Blue Chew. <laughs> Listen, everybody promotes Blue Chew, dog. Blake, Blake, we did it! Blake, we did it! We won the titles! <laughs> Holy shit, really? Holy yes, shit, we, we just watched it! We did it, baby! <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Gazi! His champs are just two big motherfuckers, and we kicked their asses twice in a row. <gasps> we are the best tag team oh. in history! Hold on, Gazi did just post to our chat. Gazi, are you just double listening while you're looking? <laughs> He's watching the show while I'm doing it. Oh, but, man. But, uh, anyways, you get access to me and Blake's The Tag Champs show. You paid for this where we watch terrible movies and we commentate over them like Mystery Science Theater. We found some weird movie with Jason Momoa about cannibalism that we're going to watch tomorrow. Oops. I'm sorry, you're burying the lead. It has Keanu Reeves in it. It does also have Keanu Reeves. You get access to that, our Discord, lots of fun stuff at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Okay, Dylan, I'm pulling out the phone. What do I need to say to Simon Gotch? Hey, at Simon Gotch, thanks for indulging uh, whatever your, 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 your Twitter handle is and his, uh, and his obsession with our uh, with JWF, our our like our kayfabe company. Uh, sorry that he is the Enzo Amore of podcasts. Oh my god! Anyway, anyway, I really find so so. I'm I'm really excited because there's there's like five days of G1 left. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Are you excited because I'm winning? No, we're we're all within two. Of each other. Yeah, we like, are. This is. I we're think very la- close. Last year, weren't we like spread far enough apart to where we were like, Dylan's clearly winning at this yeah, point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because- I was. A, uh, Dylan was a clear first, and you and I fought for the middle spot for a long time, and then we and, split off. And then, and then, yeah, and then Scotty just nosedived hard as shit there at the end. Um, it's fucking. It's all Thomas' fault. It's Thomas' fault, damn it. Well, for me, it's Moxley's fucking fault. Oh, yeah, this year? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, hold on. Quick quick update. We are currently... Dylan is in third at 54 points. I'm second at 56, and Dil, or Blake is first with 58. We are literally... I would also like to say, really quick, reading the Google Doc that you built, I saw, oh, G1 update. Scotty, 56 points. Oh, shit, how's he in first? Blake, 58 points? What the fuck? <laughs> You expect me to move them names around every week, baby? No, I just delete two numbers and write them in. I'm not that... I'm too lazy for that shit. Man, I'd write a script for it. (laughs) 
Yeah, everything. Well, we're one saying. of us has a degree for that, and the other two don't, Blake. <laughs> yeah. I can't edit the fucking thing, Dylan. Well, maybe if you had a master's instead of a bachelor's, you could. <laughs> okay, Dylan, um, of what you've seen so far, do you have a match of the G1 since the last time we've talked? Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, the, the, the John, the, the Moxley versus Ishii was... I've heard some good shit about that match. Oh, that, was, that was, that was, that was real time. Ishii did a splash off the top of the top turnbuckle to the outside onto Moxley through a Japanese table. That happened. The, literally the 5-4, like, I am a man except I'm a rock, got jumped off not just the top rope, to the outside through a goddamn table. (laughs) And like... You could could hear the table screaming as, like, he fell, I am the table! Yeah. Like... But it is really hard because the Osprey um, fucking Okada match was also like oh, as oh, yeah, good. Yeah. That, that was the one where he counters what he countered the Rainmaker into a Spanish Fly, right? He's countered the Rainmaker into a Spanish Fly, and then Okada countered the uh, fucking um, Stormbreaker. Storm, yeah, like like getting getting like like taken up for it, twisted out of it, then popped him with a lariat. Like yeah. I don't know, I, I don't know, I don't know when. Like, Kazuchika Okada developed the ab muscles to do that, because he doesn't look like he has them, but fuck, he has core strength coming from somewhere, because he twisted like a motherfucker. I remember seeing the clip of the fucking Rainmaker into Spanish Fly, and I went to our chat like, Dylan, have you seen the match yet? No. <laughs> fuck, I can't talk about anything yet. We're going to have to hold it's, off then. It's so... It's so good. This one's been... Like, there's been some disparity, but every night... Like, because I'm, I'm on night eight... Yeah. So I'm like I'm only I'm only like four nights behind, uh, and I'm only watching the ones that are like four stars or better from Meltzer, because right. I don't have that kind of time. And it's 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 really it's some really good stuff this year. It's not the best year, obviously, because like to, like like Fale kind of underperformed, Cobb underperformed. Yeah. Um, and then. There's not a lot of the same intrigue just because there were so many unexpected losses that it kind of it kind of killed some of the momentum for some of the people. But I know that the last three days are going to be like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is very easily like the year of Moxley for uh, New Japan. No, for enough. everything. For fucking everything, yeah, baby. True. Uh, but now let's get on to our heels and baby faces of the week. Would any of you like to start first? <laughs> Uh, which way? Which, which way are we starting? Heels or babyface? Whichever one you would like. I want okay, to talk so about my babyface. Oh damn it! Okay, fine. You go. <laughs> well, it's okay because it was your like last babyface, and that's uh, that's Shota. Yeah. Because fucking panty dropper shooter, shooter Umino <laughs> dropping them panties, man. Dropping Sh- <laughs> drops those fucking panties, man. God, that whole promo was fucking amazing because you could tell Shota was pretending like he wasn't understanding. So he was just like, do I, I flip the bird with you? And he's like, no, 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 talk to him, Shota. Talk to him, Shota. And just, that's a real panty dropper, isn't it? And that's when I was like, Moxley's back. He's been back, but he's back again. I would also like to say, like, um, Moxley, a lot of people have brought this up in his most recent match, but it's like, 
Just because he doesn't want to do Vince McMahon silly shit doesn't mean that he's not up to do like comedic shit. By the way, y'all. Oh no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. he has he has amazing comedic timing. That he even admitted that was what got him into trouble with WWE. Is once they figured out he had any sense of comedic timing and like being able to like not take himself too seriously, a la Seth Rollins. Uh, he, he they were like, oh, you're fucked. It's like if you sell too much, like then you're Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, but, exactly. No, exactly. It's, it's so great. His entire match. Today with with Yano, oh my gosh! Like I just saw the highlights of it, but like it's just amazing the finish. Yeah, and I mean we're talking like twelve hours or a little more removed from the Yano match, and that was the one that's like, oh my god, he can still do comedic shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really well, good. Well, so Shota with an honorable mention to Moxley. Yeah, yeah. Well, you brought up Seth Rollins, which leads me to my baby face of the week. A man who, if you told me three weeks ago he'd be my baby face of the week, I'd call you a damn liar. But that is, of course, the current Universal Champion, Brock Lesnar, for playing the role of the entire fucking internet as he came out and murdered Seth Rollins live on television. Then pulled him... Then pulled him out of an ambulance, murdered him a second time. Yeah, yeah. still got cheered. Well, I read about it, and they were like, he F5'd him onto a chair. And I'm like, okay, cool. So, like, the chair was on the ground. (laughs) No, bitch. He set up that old chair and was like, nope. Bam. (laughs) Yeah, and then, like, just the shot of, like, Seth staring out and then blood coming just out of his mouth and not like that's oh god that's more horror that's more blood and guts than any fucking thing aew's ever done i mean true like you can't you got me there that means internal bleeding right there that's that's a lot worse now wait hold on yeah he got dropped on his head and it broke his liver and now he's got internal bleeding. It's what happens anytime you and get then he got dropped on a gurney on his stomach. There's no good way to take that bump. That had to hurt like a bitch. <laughs> that stretcher <laughs> yeah. bump was the worst thing I think I'd seen in a long time and it was great. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, g- good on you, Brock, for doing what we've wanted to do for months now to Seth Rollins. As, as Gazi said, oh yeah. Us at WWE. We're not going back to blood and guts. Oh, hey, Brock, could you murder Seth, please? <laughs> could you we get want you to, We b- want you to make him bleed the hard way. Yeah. Internally. Also, <laughs> a secondary baby face of the week goes to Paul Heyman, who successfully convinced Vince McMahon, hey, maybe um, let him fucking wrestle during commercial breaks again. Maybe that's kind of some weird bullshit that's not helping your product right now, Vince. If Heyman is the one that, because of his new position, like, was able to make that change, I appreciate it so much. It's what, uh, online, that's what it had been said. It had been said that he was the one who got it changed to where they're no longer doing a bunch of bullshit two out of three falls matches. Do you know know what the internet provided me with this last week? Oh no, I'm so happy. The greatest modern promo in wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Which is Theo Manage the Rat King in like yeah. this two minute fucking fake promo that is just it's the great it's the greatest thing. I've watched it six times. Like <laughs> and every time I just I enjoy it just a little bit more. Like yeah. I, there are parts of it there are parts of it that I'm just gonna quote in real life. Like you have no idea. 
Beso with the queso is coming back as a phrase, man. You know, <laughs> I've watched it, like, so much since you posted it originally, and I'm like, I've not seen anything like this since the actual Macho Man Randy Savage. Right, I know, it's right? Like, it's, it's, it's... Why... Why did we fuck up a rat gimmick so bad that he had to come along and correct it? Yeah, yeah, no. I, I saw this and I was like, if this character isn't in JWF, by the end of this year, we failed. We've we failed Theo Vaughn. We just need to be like, hey, listen, dude, we're taking this, uh, and I just wanted you to know we're taking this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, no, this is just going to be Connor's new gimmick, is the is the rat king uh, from Theo Vaughn. No, no, no. I know, but he's but Connor's not the the highlight with the pyrite. He's not the <laughs> vermin with the sermon. I'm trying to find the promo online right now, but I'm just seeing a bunch of like pro uh, uh, other things. You know what they say: the road through the strap goes through the rat. That shit was amazing. Do you I'm know? About, do, do you know what's not amazing? Do you know what's not amazing? Well, hold on, hold on. I want to see if I can find it, and I'm just gonna put it in the episode if I can. If I can find this actual fucking promo, it's in the Facebook. Well, no, for some reason my iPad's not letting me look at our chat. Okay, well then that's a sign from God. Anyway, uh, what's what's not good in the in the in the WWW? Uh, is is the entire women's division, which has now completely devolved into the mid-2000s, where there is one women's feud. That's it. For five hours of television, you get one. Actually, yeah. maybe maybe two, because uh, there are two belts. But that's you, you it. You might get one online. Yeah, and that's... They think, that, they think that's okay now. They think that's the acceptable way to do that. And, like, it... Becky talked about why they needed to have an Evolution 2 without Ronda, just to be like, hey, we're still, even without her, we're still good. And, like, WWE is not about it. It's, it's honestly, this, this last run until Fox takes over, it's just sad. It's just, it's fucking sad and pathetic. Like, just to watch how bad parts of it are. Parts of it are still really good. Kevin Owens slaying every week, like a goddamn champion that he is. Like... <laughs> But it's, like, especially watching... I'm not even that big a fan of women's wrestling. Like, not because I don't... Do tell! No, you're kidding! Yeah. Just, no. Just because, like, I, I grew up with women's wrestling not being a thing, so now that they're like, women's wrestling is a thing, I was like, I don't have any room in my life. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared. I didn't adequately, like, like negotiate storage for women's wrestling. Yeah. I can't handle a whole nother gender's worth of wrestling. <laughs> That's a whole nother 50% of wrestling right there. Motherfucker, I just started learning about Mexico. Like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's alright, I just figured out that Joshi was a thing when I saw, like, when I saw Double or Nothing, so. Yeah. Alright, so I'm a little bit ahead of you. But yeah, yeah no. Like... But I, I am aware enough that I've seen the really cool stuff that Joshi does and that, like, some of the indies do. Or, like, you know, you see old clips of, of Sarah Del Rey just destroying people. Like, back in the fucking, uh, like, you know, Chikara and Ring oh, yeah. of Honor days. I will watch some, I will watch some, like, Sarah Del Rey all day. Yeah, and then, and then you, you tuned today where it's just, okay, what's going to happen this week? Oh, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss are going to both wrestle the same person? Yeah. Again? Because one of them is gonna something and then something something? 
and then it's just the same it's just the same shit and it's just, it's it's horrible because they have enough people to where they could do it and they have enough time because they have five fucking hours of television yeah. five hours they have five hours they have 205 live they have do they still do main event maybe yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's online but it's it's there baby it's there that's where that's where they've delegated Dana Brooke and like Letting her hone her skills, but like even she's putting in an effort and she can't get anything. Like no one can get anything on television. Not Ember, not like Dan. No one. No one can get into the, these things. And it's just depressing. It's depressing to watch. And I can only hope and pray that when it gets to Fox in a couple of weeks, because Fox is like hard, like there will be no wild card. There yeah. will be no like, and they're fucking foot down, like fuck off. I can only hope that when that happens, shit course corrects because they realize yeah, that they I have want, to like. I want Fox to put the hammer down, like as Meltzer was reporting it, like saying, "Like, no, 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 fuck that shit." Yeah. If you're gonna give a SmackDown, you're gonna give us a good SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Well, my heel of the week, and we already discussed him, so we don't have to go. Is the fucking Wrestle Circus guy because. Not only did, because apparently he's already had issues in the past. Wrestle Circus has shut down once before because he's really bad at managing his money. But it's not, it's worse than that because people were already out there for the show when he canceled it and they like they didn't have a flight back they didn't have a way to get back so like gcw was like we have sa- i can't remember who it was but i think orange would be the funniest one we have saved orange cassidy would have been very nice for wrestle circus to accommodate his flight back but you know it's whatever i guess so yeah i'm starting i'm really enjoying that when we started a wrestling organization we did it with the lowest possible overhead of it's all on audio and in a dumb fucking video game yeah because we can't pay motherfuckers (laughs) and even if and even if it was taking place in real life it would be in birmingham like what is it like six dollars to rent a venue listen if you can get to atlanta you can get to birmingham all right (laughs) yeah so also, thank you, Dylan. It, it was actually used to be five. It, we recently had a p- price hike on our fucking on our yeah. prices. Uh, they told us it was all because of our podcast. <laughs> well, Blake, what about you? What is your most hated thing in pro wrestling this week? No, I want Dylan to go first. He already has. Oh, you and you have two. You both. <laughs> Blake's like, no, no, no. Go again. Go again. It's fine. Alright, I guess I'll have to talk about my heel of the week, the most dastardly villain that I've seen of all things ever, and... Blake's looking around his room, just being like, and it's (laughs) the damn plastic bag man. (laughs) Look at this candle right here. No, of course not. My heel of the week is Wilson Fisk, because... I have, about nine months later, gotten around to watching Daredevil Season 3, and he's just an asshole again. Okay. And in fucking Spider-Verse, he's just a massive Lego block of a human, and I can't stand it. He's just real big. He's a secondary antagonist at best, even though he made the problem. Yeah. Well, I think the the only way to follow that up is with a Scotty Moore live reaction to the Rat King (laughs) and his promo. 
So Are you just gonna listen to it? And here he comes. It's the two-time TFATK champion. Rat King, can we get a word? You can get a whole sentence, little Jerry. <laughs> it's Gianni. What took so long to get the belt in the first place? Listen here, baby Jarvis. <laughs> Everybody knows that Brandon Shopvac and Brian Callis got a little bit of slow in their mojo. But you can't hurry fate, can you? And you can hear the belts are coming. He looks like Jeff and Hardy in the 90s. The and I ain't took an L since. I don't know when. Are you worried about protecting your dynasty? I ain't worried about nothing. And you could tell him this and you could tell him that, little Bobby. <laughs> and you could tell him that and you could tell him this. <laughs> they said he can't win one and it was done. <laughs> and they said he can't win two. And the rat came through. You keep saying they. Who, who, who's they? Can you explain that? I'm talking to the hate layers and the naysayers. The Chris Dent Leah sending me naughty emails at night after his shattered rap career. And Andrew Sam Tammy, that alcoholic burn victim. They're all after my cheddar. <laughs> they want a beso, the queso, baby. So I'm telling all of you, that anti-American tacky meppaport, and that hungry skeleton honey chinch cliff, <laughs> and that little Vietnamese side rib, Mr. Barbie Lee. You want to get in bed with the lead, brother? You want to roam with the chrome? You know where to find me. Because I'm the highlight with, with the, the pyrite. I'm the vermin with the sermon. It's <laughs> just getting in the trash can. <laughs> Don't you forget it. Because the road to the strap goes through the rat. I got... Okay, look. I'm going <laughs> to... There's rats on the fucking... Okay. I, got, I got legit chills the first time I watched that. That was so perfect. It made me... The highlight with the pirate, I was just like, that is, that's next level. You had to. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, everyone who listens to this as an audio medium, I have a physical need for you to watch the YouTube clip so you can watch the fucking Rat King do his business. Because holy shit, that was great. You have no idea how sad I was when I realized that that wasn't a real promo. <laughs> this summer, two men save the world. From who you ask. Everything invading robo penises. This show is not about those two men. <laughs> this show's just a load of BS. The show are Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore. Make up dumbass movies like that. We're your personal think tank. We're your two white guys, which fills the quota for a <laughs> podcast, I think. And we're just going to be here to have a good time and talk about sauerkraut. That's right. Except no substitutes, ladies and gentlemen, because this is that pure, uncut BS. <laughs> good, good, uncut. Well, boys, we've talked about WWE. We've talked about... <gasps> It's happened <laughs> for the first time in the history of the show. We have been replied to on our Twitter account. And it was just seven simple words. And it was Simon going, I thought it was a radio drama. <laughs> and I was like, no, bitch, we got kicked off the radio when we kept doing low blows. <laughs> Oh, uh, I did just, like, digitally high-five you, Dylan. So. <laughs> this, uh, 
on the one hand, I feel sad that he feels like like betrayed and like lied to. On the other hand, I feel sad for us because someone believed in us, and they, even though they had no right to because they didn't understand the product. But on the third hand, I like that we got one over on him. So good <laughs> on us and our shitty little podcast. The shitty not little podcast somehow, good, baby. Not not since we somehow bullshitted our way into StarCast have I felt like we have accomplished so much <laughs> as a medium. Well, I think that's the exact kind of energy we need to go straight into another episode of JWF Monday Night War. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night War. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by the man who knows how to throw one hell of a party. It's Captain Tibbs. Sills, I can throw axes, I can throw parties, I can throw whatever you want me to throw. Deadly accurate. That's right, and we're getting ready for the biggest party of the summer, the biggest shindig of the summer, Summerfest, coming straight to you live on the Fight Boys YouTube channel. And Tibbs, we've got some amazing matches lined up, some amazing things. Earlier today, you announced that Blake Tanner will be facing off against the Hammerman in a rematch from last week for the JWF Captain's Championship. What do you think? You know, so I just thought it's going to be it's going to be the best to see in our biggest shindig of the summer to see a good fair match between the Hammerman, the savior of the universe, and Blake Tanner, our current Captain's Champion. That's right, Tibbs, but in addition to that, let's talk about a match that well, I'll be honest, it's got some emotional weight here at the table because one of the longest-standing JWF superstars of all time, Spider, the Longhorn Lockhart, will be competing in his last match, his retirement match in a JWF ring as he faces off against his old friend, Sam the Beer Man Adams. And Tibbs, let me tell you something. I think it's going to be a beautiful affair. Mm. I-, I understand you think that serves me? Spider Lockhart deserved and earned respect of every JWF fan out there. He has fought and he has bled and he has hurt himself across the years to give entertainment to all the people at the JWF to everybody in our little neck of the woods. And I could say I'm, I'm proud to see him go out like this, but I'm also proud to see him go out because he still owes me money for the first fucking time. Well, well, Tibbs, right now coming to our ring is, of course, the beer man, Sam Adams, the man who will be facing Spider in his last match, and everyone's been wondering how Sam feels about this prestigious position he's been placed in, so let's hear what Sam's got to say. Well, it's uh, it's been a whirlwind couple of weeks for the old beer man here, and well, gotta admit, it's been tough. Not gonna lie, I went from a small-time mid-carter that barely made it on the house show circuit to being on one of the biggest shows of the year, facing off against one of my idols in his last match in the JWF. And everyone's been asking me, how does it feel? How does it feel, Sam, knowing that I'm gonna be the man to retire Spider Lockhart and, well... I gotta say, if this last year traveling the roads with the spider has taught me anything, it's that that big man can still go. That longhorn has plenty of years left in him, so spider, at Summerfest, if you want to retire, you're gonna do it on my terms, because I know what you're gonna try to do. 
You're going to ease up on me. You're going to try to make it a real simple task. You're going to try to force me to take old Yeller out behind the shed and shoot him. But, uh, but I can't do that. Because that is not the man that Spider Lockhart is. No, no, no. He's not some sad old dog waiting to be put down. He is a grizzly bear of a man that used to say that he would die in the middle of this ring. So I don't want to see an old dog in the ring at Summerfest. No, I want to see that same man that Captain Tibbs offered a million dollar contract to back in the 80s. I want to see the man that showed up for work every single week prepared to kick some ass and make some money. I want to see Spider the long damn horn Lockhart and I want to prove that Sam Adams can go against him in the ring. Whether it be now or 1986. I want to prove to you and I want to prove to the entire JWF universe that Sam Adams is the best damn superstar that Spider Lockhart has ever been in the ring with. Don't disappoint me, Spider. Well, Tim, strong words there from Sam Adams. And let me tell you something, I got to agree. I mean, when, when Spider said that he was retiring, he did almost give off that old dog energy, just wanting that one last match, one last hurrah. But Sam's not going to accept that. It looks like he's wanting a five-star match out of the Spider. What do you think? Well, says I understand that, I believe it. That's the only way that we can really get rid of Spider in these days. I can't say I respect that Sam Adams has been saying that he's going out there to respect he's been for Spider and Lockhart, but I will only have to say one thing. Sam, if you do want to take him out back and shoot him, I'll give you a rifle. I was forced to sign that contract for a million dollars under the last I would say... You just want to, you know, do what you want to do, Sam, and I'll back you up. Well, well, Tibbs, I mean, you know this is live, right? Like, they could hear you just authorize a murder on air, right? I did not say that, Silt. I only implied it. That's right, Tibbs, but I mean, let's be honest. We were all shocked when Spider made that announcement that he was retiring. And speaking of shock, let's talk about last week when after Blake Tanner won the JWF Captain's Championship, the entire JWF universe was shocked. Scotty Moore was shocked as the debut of the bad boy Joey Janela happened. He came out to the ring, stood toe-to-toe with Scotty Moore in the ring. The crowd went crazy. Tibbs, what did you think about the bad boy? This is a bad boy comes on to stand up to Scotty Moore. Bad boy comes out after Blake Tanner. So unceremoniously won the captain's championship. I knew that we needed someone to come up and stand up for Scotty Moore, being that, that mastermind behind all of this. Blake Tanner, of course, can win any championship he wants. But after being manipulated by Scotty Moore like this, I just couldn't believe it. And the bad boy, Joe Janelle, that man with the white claws, as he says, coming out and standing up for all of us. That's right, and those claws are dangerous. But one man who did not appreciate it is, of course, Scotty Moore, who, of course, sent a message to the bad boy earlier today. Let's have a listen. Joey Janela is a bad, bad boy. And one dumb motherfucker. Because last week, Joey Janela 
decided to mess with my family. He came out here and interrupted what should have been my brother, Blake Tanner, his crowning achievement in the JWF, winning the Captain's Championship, becoming the first ever JWF Triple Crown Champion. But no, instead, Joey decided to come out and do what he does best, make it all about him. Oh my God, Joey Janela's here, the bad boy. He's come to the JWF. You see, those were the headlines surfacing on the internet after last week's episode when the real headlines should have been about how the dynasty is just one title away from being draped in gold from head to toe. But you know something, Joey? I gave you a shot. I really did. I gave you a shot to own up to your mistake, to apologize to me like a man. I emailed you, DM'd you on Twitter, and every step of the way, you dodged me. Like the coward you are. You're afraid, Joey. You're afraid of the real bad boy in professional wrestling, and that's Scotty Moore. You see, you wanted to come out last week, confront me, get those headlines, and Joey, you got him. But what you forget is that every action has a consequence. And while you were too busy chasing clout last week, you forgot exactly who you were coming out to face. The JWF Tag Team Champion, Mr. Cash in the Bag of Future Hall of Famer. And the moment that you remembered how badly you fucked up, you turned tail and ran. Because you know the same thing that everyone else in this arena knows. That the only thing that the bad boy is bad at is professional wrestling. No, 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 Joey. I see, I've seen your matches and you prefer throwing yourself off of rooftops, getting into fights at Blink-182 concerts. You prefer all of that over actual wrestling and that's fine. Because at Summerfest, I'm going to do you a favor. I know you're signed with AEW, got that real nice contract in your hand, and I know how much they would hate it for you to go to another promotion and get your ass handed to you. So I'm going to do you one big favor, and that's challenge you to an unsanctioned street fight. This has nothing to do with the JWF, nothing to do with AEW. It has to do with two men who need to settle a problem. And that problem is proving that Scotty Moore is the real bad, bad boy. Well, Tim, strong words there from Scotty Moore challenging Joey Janela to an unsanctioned street fight at the Summer Fest pay-per-view. This sounds astounding. Well, still, still uh, unsanctioned means I don't have to pay for it, worry about liabilities or anything. That's like right, that. Tibbs. No liabilities. These two men can do whatever they want to each other in the ring. Chaos can reign. They can bring thumbtacks, chairs, chaos will happen at Summerfest as these two collide. 
And also, like we said earlier, we're going to see Blake Tanner facing the Hammer Man, Sam Adams versus Spider Lockhart. But one man we won't be seeing, Tibbs, is the JWF World Heavyweight Champion, Momoa Curry, who just a few weeks ago was unceremoniously beaten to a pulp in this ring by the team of La Flambeau, Mojo Gruff, Honeypot. They absolutely decimated the champion, sending him to a hospital. And Tibbs, we haven't heard from him since. Well, says, of course, champion deserves some time off after a, a successful defense. I, 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 itself, you can't ask me to defend those two. Well, Tibbs, I mean, let me tell you something. The real problem, the real problem in this whole situation is the fact that last week, La Flambeau made it clear Momoa Curry, the champion, he's out. He, he's not cleared to compete which means that you have a choice to make. You have to give up that title, and they declared that that title belonged to them. What do you think, Tits? So they have one month, 31 days, since the champion last defended to claim a title. And damn it, if I'm not going to work every single one of those days, so I hope that they don't hear this, but I'm so worried about Momoa Curry, I couldn't believe how injured he was. He was after that beatdown Lester gave to him. I just could not. So anyway, so I, they have time, and Maloa Curry has time. And they will, he will show up and defend his title. Well, Tibbs, I'm looking at the calendar right here. It says Maloa's month ends next week on JWF Monday Night War, which means that you're going to have to make an ultimatum. An ultimatum. You're going to have to choose who that title goes to. And, and Tibbs, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I'm afraid if it lands in the hands of La Flambeau. So am I, so, so am I. But I got. All right, I will have an official word to speak on this topic next week at JWF War. How about that? All right, Tibbs, but now let's keep focusing on that Summerfest pay-per-view because we've talked about all the other matches on the card. Let's talk about one match that all, it almost seems like the odd couple as you have paired up. The Dylan with his longtime rival Chuck Tibbs to take on the team of the Canadian crew, Felix Ball, the lumberjack. Tibbs, what led you to this decision? Well, Sills, of course, uh, the Canadian crew have been the thorns in the sides of the Dylan, my son Chuck, for a long time. And I, I realized after putting him in the match for the JWF championships, I. I I couldn't be there for my son all the time. And when he needed somebody, when he really needed somebody to team against, I thought that the Dylan was as good as anybody. A strong, former champion, somebody who could kick ass, and somebody who could stand up there and be the best that they could be. That's I, right, I Tibbs, that but... Be together. Well, that's right, Tibbs, but let's not forget... I mean, the Canadian crew, they're a seasoned team. And they are heading to our ring right now. So let's hear what they have to say to the Dylan and your son, Chuck. Oh, boy. Oh. Old Tibbsy thinks he's real smart, don't he? Putting the Canadian crew in a tag team match against the Dylan and his own son, Chuck Tibbs. But you see, what the captain seems to forget is what a tag team actually is. 
You see, a tag team ain't just two people thrown together. A tag team is a bond. Two people who have each other's back in this ring and out of it and support each other no matter what. You see this seven-foot redwood next to me, the lumberjack? I trained him up to be the wrestler that he is today, and in return, all I have to do is point, and he destroys whatever is in front of him. Meanwhile, not one month ago, the Dylan and Chuck were at each other's throats, beating the hell out of each other for the JWF Championship. And you know something, it's not exactly like Dylan's the most trustworthy guy, Tibbs. I mean, he could leave your boy high and dry, and then what? You'll be sitting in that chair, forced to watch as we absolutely decimate your... Tibbs! Tibbs, it's the music of Chuck Tibbs, and he's coming out, he's got the Dylan beside him, the tag team of Dylan and Chuck standing side by side, and Tibbs, I gotta be honest, it's a strange sight to see. Let's hear what these boys have to say. Really, Ball? You're gonna bring my history into this? Alright, I'm gonna history lesson. If I cast my memory back, back before the rivalry with Chuck here, back before Mojo Gruff, back before Momoa Curry, if I cast my memory all the way back to when you debuted the Lumberjack in his first match, I beat his Redwood ass from one side of that ring to the other. Yeah, and you know what? I kicked old Ball's ass the first time I was there. It's a good thing to add, you know? That's literally just the same thing I said. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know, but I just thought it was a good thing to add, you know, the two of us. Talking. No, 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 this is, this is you trying to talk over me. We talked about this. You don't, no, you don't need to talk. No, I talk over no, you. Don't, you don't need to, to talk. Oh, okay, you just okay. need to be here. Look, you two idiots. You want to talk real history? Because if you want to talk real history, then I'd be damn afraid if I were you, Dylan. Because it doesn't matter if his name is Chuck Tibbs or if his name is what it truly should be, Canada Charlie. You're standing next to a man that's my former student, my former teammate. And you never know. There's a very good chance that that boy could turn on you and rejoin this family that he truly belongs in. The Canadian Crew. Yeah, no. Wait, what? Yeah, what no, ne- ne- never gonna happen. Yeah, uh, 100%. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much smarter than that ball. I mean, that, that kind of tactic, it just, it revolves around me not saying anything. And I, I kind of like this company. I kind of like my dad. And honestly, I like the Dylan a lot more than I like you, bud. And I was I was just saying that if you if you did betray me, I would kick you in the groin so hard you'd shit your own dick. Well, you know, I didn't see any reason I'd bring uh, ball based base violence into this. I'm just, right, I just I just want to set some ground rules. I just want to make sure I, we're on the same page and that fine, I will I will okay, I will I, I will oh, end Jesus your chances of reproducing. Christ, could you both shut your damn mouths? All you two are doing right now is proving my point. You see, this duo? Hey, Tibbs, look at this stage right now and look at these two men. Because the fact of the matter is, the allegiance between the two of you was a mistake. And the Canadian crew, we're going to prove it at Summerfest because if this arguing, if this bickering is going to prove anything, it's that you two will never win a fight against the Canadian crew. 
Oh, uh, really there, Chief, huh? Oh, Tibbs! Chuck and Dylan storming the ring! Felix immediately powdering out to the outside, leaving the lumberjack alone, but he's fighting him off, trying his best to face off against Dylan and Chuck, but Tibbs, this is astounding! Of course it is, Sills. Felix Bully never counted on this. That's right. Now Chuck managing to break free from the Lumberjack's grasp. Jumping across the ropes and a massive drop kick sends the Lumberjack falling against the ropes. Trying to rush towards Charlie with those massive hands, but he's caught. He's caught by the Dylan for a massive upper dicker. The big man falling to his knees. But that's put him right in position for Chuck. Because Chuck's got him. Got him by the neck and putting him down with a D. D. Tibbs and the Lumberjack Tibbs. He's absolutely decimated in the ring. And let me tell you something. These two may not see eye to eye, but I think these two have got one hell of a chance of winning at Summerfest after that amazing display. Of course, Sills. Have you ever heard the term they bicker like an old married couple? There's a reason old married couples bicker like that because they've been together for so long and they understand what it's like. These two understand what it's like to fight each other. It's like a bicker with each other. They can win. That's right, Tibbs. This is going to be an absolutely amazing pay-per-view. We're going to see this odd couple of Dylan and Chuck take on the Canadian crew. Scotty Moore versus Joey Janela in an unsanctioned street fight. We are going to see uh, Hammerman versus Blake Tanner. We're going to see the retirement match of Spider Lockhart. All of it's going to be amazing. But in order to find out what happens next, you're going to have to tune in next time to JWF. Monday Night War. So, boys, it's been one hell of an episode. I have a very important question. What did you learn this week? Um, I learned never to prompt me or Dylan to talk about WWE ever again. <laughs> it immediately, it curses my audio. It cuts me out. Uh, I learned that the road to the strap goes through the rat. <laughs> yeah, boy. And I learned that my new pro wrestling best friend, Simon Grimm, thinks that we're apparently on the radio now. No one listens to the radio, Simon. <laughs> we're on a better place. More people listen to us. Welcome to W-R-E-S-T-L. Your number one hope for all your wrestling news. <laughs> With Scotty Bo and the Fuzz. Are we the Fuzz? We're the Fuzz. <laughs> I did not agree to this. No. Hold on. Is this the same kind of naming gimmick we had at Starcast? I still need to contend that. <laughs> so, where can people find you on the internet, boys? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya. That's Darkroom V-I-D-Y-A on YouTube. Uh, you can find me at uh, Dick and Stormy on Twitter. And you can find me at Scotty Mo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon, the Quiesel Corp Trilogy. Check out my Fiverr account if you want any cool, like, audiobook work done or... Oh, fuck it, I do a lot of shit. I wear a lot of hits. So make sure to check that out. Check out all the other shows online at a load of purebs.com. From fun fiction to a load of BS, they're all available for you to check out. We got a little something for everybody at a load of purebs.com. Oh, yeah, that's my job. <laughs> Special thanks to... uh Megaran for his song Fighters, which we use in our intro and outro music, baby. That we stole directly from AEW. AEW, AEW, AEW. <laughs> 
And of course, remember to support us. If you can't do it monetarily, we understand by picking up some Patreon. Going to Patreon, picking up some merch, merch.loadofpurebs.com, whatever. If you can't do that, just leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or just send us some feedback on Twitter. We love hanging out and chatting with you guys and getting some news from y'all. And as always, you can find us at loadofpurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.loadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boys Show, Simon Grimm, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!